God's help, exploring two midos today, um, and those are Givura Shabi Yisod and Tiferet Shabi Yisod. Discipline within foundation and beauty, harmony within foundation. So what does that mean? So yesterday we introduced the idea of Yisod by looking at it uh, by virtue of its title that it's given in the Zohar, which is the Tzaddik, the righteous. Um, and we kind of examined how the righteous person lives as a channel of expression for HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world, who exemplifies the calling of creation of Yehi Or, of Ubechar Tebechayim, as echoed later in the Torah, and the desire and the dream to embody the original light of creation within himself and to choose life and in the same way that Chokatov Lehetiv, the tzaddik, chooses Tov in this world for himself and ultimately is Zoche to a world which is Kulo Tov and a, and a life which is uh, Kulo Aroch, She'eni Mavet. And then the next step of, of kind of understanding Yesod is that when a tzaddik acts for life, and when he fights, and when he engages in being a channel for that expressive quality, the creative quality uh, of a Kadosh Baruch Hu in the world, what that implies is that there are going to be many different areas in which he's involved, because he's spending his entire life as a channel for the Giloy of that Or within the world, which is that Or, which is Tzadik. So... The thing that comes along with that is that as a person lives as the channel for the R, what ends up happening is that the details of their life matter much more. Because if you're not a stand-in for the Shechina, then you know you make a mistake, so it's an Avera, and it's part of your personal relationship with Hashem that needs to be rectified. But to act as the Tzaddik means that you need to be sensitive to the details in a way that isn't always incumbent upon a person who's thinking in broader strokes. And the Gemara talks about this, of course, where we have the famous drasha in Yevavot about Mesivivav Nishara Me'od, where the Gemara darshins that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is medaktek in Sivivav Kechuta Sa'ara. Hashem is particular and meticulous with those who are close to Him, those who are around Him, by a hair's breadth. Whereas someone else, you know, a minor infraction might have slipped under, if a person is going to be expressive of Hashem's or in the world of Tov, it needs to be that every detail is accounted for, and that there is no aspect of them which isn't expressive of that or. And now, of course, this comes with a level of constriction, because what that means is that the tzaddik will often opt to not act, rather than to act inappropriately. So there's a level of reserve, which is the step of Gevura, which are, we are now looking at, the Gevura within Yesod, which is that it's sometimes in order to create the foundation, in order to successfully be a channel for Hashem's or in the world, a person must have reserve, must hold back. And ultimately, the path of a tzaddik is a path of, of tremendous discipline. Right? That's why in, you know, in, in the steps working up to a level of a tzaddik, of a kadosh, there are steps in greatness that include prishut, that include tahara, that includes staying away, abstention from the world, in order to ultimately connect and be an expression, the way the Ramchal sets it up, that the highest level of a kadosh is one in which 
the meals that he eats, he eats, sits down and eats a steak, it's like he's bringing a korban on the Mizbeach. That's something only which a person can arrive at by means of a, a sensitivity to each detail. And I found a beautiful commentary uh, about this by the Malbim in his commentary on Mishlei. Really beautiful. You can get it in English, actually. They have a little book by, I think it was Feldheim published, uh, where you can see his translation in English. Beautiful commentary on, on Mishlei. Everything of the, the Malbim is just so meduyak. It's, it's hard not to love. Uh, but the Malbim comments on the Pasuk in Mishlei where it says, Orach tzadikim ke'or noga, holech da'or ad nachon hayom. So translated as the path of the righteous is like a, a radiant glimmer of light. And it continues and get, it's getting more and more bright, that it continues expanding and becoming more bright until noon. So he, the Malbim has a, a particular read on this. He makes a difference between a derech and an orach. Right? We say orach haim pentefales. Orach is a, la, is a lashon of a path. But it's a different word than derech. So the, the Malbim says there's a difference between a derech and an orach. A derech is a large path. An orach is a skinny byway. It's a skinny pathway through the thicket, through the darkness. And he says that what's going on over here, he says, It might appear to you sometimes that the tzaddik isn't walking on a vast path. He's not walking on an expansive path. The path of the righteous initially is filled with thorns and difficulties and is very difficult to proceed along such a path. In order for a person to embody the life of a tzaddik, I mean, Hashem is going to be medaktik with you. It's going to require, as we've seen in the past, you're going to have to be meimit atzmo al divrei Torah. You're going to have to really kill yourself over greatness. Greatness is not something which is won by the, by, you know, by the weak of heart. And so it might seem that the tzaddik is on a narrow path, he says. But even though at the beginning it might be very constrained and filled with, with pain, in the end it opens up wide. At the beginning, it just seems like this minor glimmer of light. It's like the light that's initially bursting over the horizon at the beginning of dawn. But what ends up happening, he says, It's not, you can't even see the light. It's just bouncing off by means of, the, you know, the reflection of the light on the sky and so on and so forth, the way he explains it. But he says, but you have to recognize that what ends up happening, that it becomes an, an essential light, it becomes its own light. And it's an or is mit tamid, he says. It's constantly expanding and flowing and increasing. Until the point that it bursts into full daylight uh, at the peak of the of the sun's exposure. And so I think that the, you know, the whole metaphor, obviously, is very poetic because he's, he's utilizing the language here of Mishlei. But the idea is, is that what we sense about a tzaddik is that often, you know, from the outside, the life of a tzaddik is identified by limitation, by constraint, by, you know, diligence in schedule, by focus, by being stuck in the moment. And as we're going to see in the upcoming Mida, that's definitely not descriptive of the Mida, of, the, of a tzaddik per se, 
But it is a necessary step of tzitkut. That in order to arrive at that level of faithfulness, of integrity, to allowing that flow of or to pass through yourself, that your neshama could be a presence of Hashem in the world, it requires a level of attention to detail. And the truth is that we find this level of restraint back with a Kadosh Baruch Hu at the beginning of creation, where we know right off the bat where Hashem creates the or on the first day, as Rashi brings, that Vayar Elokim et Or Kitov, Vayavdel Elokim Ben Or Ben Achoshech. So Rashi brings down the Medrash that says that Hashem saw that She'enu Kedailish Lamesh Borishayim. Hashem saw that it wasn't, it was pasnished, it wasn't proper for the Rishayim to have the opportunity to utilize this Or. The Hivdilo Latzadikim Lazed Lavo, and Hashem put it away for the righteous in the world to come. Meaning, so to speak, that even Akadosh Baruch Hu has to utilize this sense of limitation of how his Ratzon is Megala in the world right away, sometimes it requires holding back. As the Gemara in Brachot says, that if Imra'ita Adam She'asham is lo, altit garbo. That if you see a person, a Rasha, for whom things are working out in their favor, you don't start off with a Rasha, even if it's in that right time. The Gemara goes through what the circumstances are over there, but the principle is in essence the, the idea of Gura Shabi Asod. That, that sometimes Tzidkut requires restraint. Restraint in action, restraint in schedule, in discipline, and restraint in, in standing for that or. Sometimes the greatest way to be Megala that or is by not being Megala the or. Sometimes in order to be have integrity to the values that you desire to be a channel for in this world, sometimes you need to opt for death. This might be an, uh, an additional insight into understanding why there are certain averot which we die for. Sometimes in order to be the channel for Hashem's Ratzon in the world and to choose life, you have to choose death. Sometimes it's in, in limiting your involvement in the physical Chaim that you stand for the ultimate Chaim, the Chiyos of Olam Haba. And you know, that's something maybe to, to bear in mind over here. Now where do we find this Legabe? I just wanted to bring this in because we know that Yosef is the is Kenege, the Mida of Yesod. Where do we find Yosef involved with holding back, right? So I think when we start thinking Yosef and holding back, we all know that the, the situation that we're dealing with, Eshet Potiphar. And the, the, the Medrash Tanchuma says this very beautifully. The Medrash Tanchuma opens up in Parsha Vayeshev and says, Yilamdenu Rabenu, the students asked Rabbi Tanchuma, Gadol Sheben Ne'emanim Ezehu. Who is the greatest Ne'eman? Who is the most faithful person? Who has the most integrity? Now remember, we've seen that that tzaddik be'emunaso yichyeh, that the essence of a tzaddik, of being a righteous person, is to have ne'emanus, is to be someone who has faith and integrity, who's committed and entirely expressive of the values that they represent. Being that channel of Hashem's or means that you are kulo ne'eman to the or, to a Kadosh Baruch Hu. Asks the Medrash, who is the greatest ne'eman? So it says, well, Kachshanu Ravotenu, our rabbis taught, a Ravak Hadar Bekvar Beshkunat Zonot. If you have a single guy living down there in the red light district, living in, a, in an area where there's houses of ill repute, Ve'enochote, and he doesn't sin, Ein Ne'eman Gadol There is no one who is more faithful, who is, has more integrity than this. And Einat Motze Ne'eman Gadol Ki Yosef, Shahayab There's no greater Ne'eman in this regard, 
than Yosef was in Egypt. And it goes on to tell us the story, how he was 17 and he was stuck in the most sexualized society that you know in all of recorded human history and he's living in a place where you know the the maiden of the household is chasing him down and she changes clothes three times a day to try to seduce him and through all of it he maintains the integrity to the values that he wants to express in the world he is the yesod he's the foundation and it's for this reason that we we find in the zohar that yesod which is also connected brit is the essence of the Mida of a tzaddik. And as the Zohar explains, that says, Yosef was zacha lemehevi tzaddik le'ela, that Yosef merited to be the tzaddik up above, begin dinatar at kayama, because of the reason that he protected his brit. The whole idea of shmirat brit, to maintain integrity to your personal information, to who you are, and to the impact that you make in the world, to how you literally reproduce, but also symbolically, the perot, that you that you give forth in this world, as we saw yesterday, as Mishle says, pre tzadik etzchayim, the the fruit of the righteous, the impact that he has in the world should be the tree of life, not chas v'shalom, you know, as something which takes away from life. And sometimes, in order to have those fruits in the world, it requires reserve, it requires a level of discipline, and part of that means diving into details and getting involved with the nitty-gritty, and that every detail matters, and that if you're expressing that yesod that you stand for, then every detail of your life and every halacha that you're involved in should be expressive of the yesod upon which everything is based. Now, as we move on to the next mida of Tiferet Shabi Yesod, we recognize that in times, this whole concept of, of reserve and detail orientation is very much antithetical to the person who wants to be a channel for Yisod, for the Or. Speak to any artist who thinks in broad strokes, who's focusing on the big picture, who is drawn into, into the breadth of creation, and ask them to spend time sorting through you know, detailed color palettes. It's not, it's not where they want to spend their time. They want to be spending their time in the clouds, not necessarily grounded on earth. And yet Yesod demands, as we've seen, that Kichol Bashamayim to Yesod demands a level of integration, of, of harmonizing the various components and the details that you stand for, that you allow yourself to express as the Yesod for the world. And so we find this idea of, a, of an innate connection between Yesod and the Midah of Tiferet, as we're looking at here in today's Midah, First of all, in the Kabbalistic system, Tiferet and Yesod create a direct line down the middle of the of the you know the laid out system of the Midot, where we have Chesed, Gvura, Tiferet, Netzach, Hod, and Yesod, you know, kind of reintegrates the lower Midot, but it's a direct line, and the, the Mikubalim find a remes to this for the idea of Ilo Toldot Yaakov Yosef, the being of Parsha Vayeshev, that the true Tolada of Yaakov was Yosef himself. As the Medrash says, that everything that happened to, to Yaakov happened to Yosef, and they looked identical, v'chule, v'chule. There's a lot of you know, connections in Rumazim, even in the Pashte de Kra, uh, that connect Tiferet to Yisod. But looking at it on a, on a little bit of a deeper level, what is this idea of beauty within foundation, within integrity? So Rev Cook writes about this a lot. Uh, I think that he dealt with this on a personal level, in a lot of different ways. And that is the difficulty for a person who is a tzaddik 
to get involved in the details. As essential of a thing as it is, it's a challenge for somebody who is striving for the heavens to deal with the nitty-gritty on earth. And the way that he puts it, I brought a number of quotes of his that he, you know, throughout his journals, where he says things like this. He says, It's very difficult for a great soul to be involved in detailed work. Or any sort of in-depth study or structured learning. Because they're constantly engaged in visions and depictions that are ceaseless in their flow and their constant expansion. And they basically have a very difficult time getting involved in something which is deep and local and, and kind of detail-oriented. Or as he writes in another journal, he says, a great righteous person is unable to constrict themselves into gazing into one individual detail. They see the light and the glory and the kindness of Hashem in every single thing around the world. Everything which grows. They find sparks of holiness within everything. Orot Kedoshim, Malayim, Ziv Shalmala, incredible holy lights that are filled with the radiance of up above, and so on and so forth. So we have this idea that a person who embodies the Mida of Yesod, who acts as a channel uh, and has integrity to the Or that, that they embody, which is really their Hod in a sense, but that they have integrity to that, um, those values that they represent and desire to express them in the world, the way that Shlomo Melech expresses it is Ba'alot Tzadikim Rabati Feret. That as the Tzadik is exalted, when a Tzadik reaches his high point, there's abundant beauty in the world. There's an association between Tzidkut and beauty. And that's an important thing that Stamazoi, if we could you know, take one thing away from the Mida, is to recognize that there's this connection between Tzidkut and beauty. That what it looks like to see a tzaddik, as we describe in, you know, in Kabbalah Shabbos, in Tehillim, tzaddik ketamar yifrach ke'erez balvanon yizgeh shetulim bevet Adonai bechatzot elehenu yafrichu. There's growth, there's, you know, there's thriving, there's a sense of vibrancy, there's a sense of the beauty of a garden, of a flourishing tree, which is associated with a tzaddik. And that the life and the involvement that a tzaddik has in bringing that or in acting as a channel for Hashem's or with integrity into the world is something which brings beauty and harmony into the world, not vice versa. And that sometimes it is very difficult to embrace the details um, of the world. But ultimately, as, as Rav Cook writes uh, in yet another uh, installment in his journal, he says that one of the essential qualities of the tzaddik, his language is it's quite beautiful, he says, "Atzadik Hakadosh Amiti." You want to talk about a true righteous person? Who meached betocho et kol hahafechim? It's someone who integrates and unifies within himself all opposites, all things which which seem to be diverse and uh, and exclusive of one another. He includes them all together bekocho hagadol hamakif varachav through his expansive, you know, inner self and the strength that he has in order to do that. And he continues and says, I'm skipping through this paragraph, 
where he says that Hatzadik Hayoter Elyon, the greater Hatzadik is, he includes within himself an even broader gaze, an even more all inclusive uh, perspective on the world. And there's no, there's no constraints of judgment, of narrow thinking. It's all filled with the light and the love and the compassion and the desire to see the good in everyone. But, he says, at the same time, and I think he's probably playing off the previous Mida over here, he says, Omnam, Ha'olam lo yuchal lahakiret midat tzedek azeh. Sometimes the world can't handle that level of tzidkut. It's not, you know, it's, it's not available for the world, maybe at this point in Galut, to be able to, to, to nourish a person living in that way. Umuchrach kol tzedek elyon lahalbisha tzidkato elyona belevushim rabim. That a tzaddik imperatively sometimes has to cloak his righteousness in different garments and make it appear different, make it look like he's discriminatory, make it look like he's you know very you know attentive to detail and involved in the nitty gritty. But ultimately, the tzaddik is always soaring upwards and involved in greatness and and you know the opposite of narrow thinking. There's many many things that Rav Kook writes about this. I'm, not going to take up all of your time reading through these, but I definitely recommend you to, to read through these sources more fully. And I, one of the practical things of this Mida, I think, if we could just drive it home to, to something actionable, is as the Gemara in Sanhedrin says, a beautiful drasha, which says that, Even when a person's in a time of danger, A person should never divert himself or deviate from his own position of prominence, from the, the stature which he had previously embodied. Shinamar is the brings up the story from Daniel as Hananiah, Mishal, and Azariah were thrown into the Kivshana Eish, and the Pasuk describes them as being wearing their tunics, their hats, their big day, you know, Malchut, the royal clothing that they had been wearing up until that point. And the way that you know Rashi explains that over there is they were levushin big day tif artan. They were wearing their clothing of beauty while they were thrown into the furnace. You should don't change from the way that you were presenting yourself before, so as that you don't appear afraid or thrown back by the situation. And in order to kind of embarrass or shame your enemies in your presence. And I think that one of the ideas that's coming across in this Gemara is that no matter what tzaddik is involved in, even as the tzaddik is being taken out to the gallows to be put to, to the end, they constantly express the or that they are attempting to be a channel for. And in doing that, no matter what the circumstances are, there's a deep beauty and dignity that's found in a person who dances his way to the gas chambers. There's something that we find that that's so so poetic, so beyond just the you know a, the appropriate response maybe that they should have had to that difficult situation. There's something beautiful about it. There's something that when a tzaddik is involved in that level of detail, in care and in discipline, in order to properly be megala the or and act as the channel for that which he represents, the tzaddik be'emunato yichya. There's something which is integrative about that, that you don't feel that the tzaddik stands at odds with the world, 
But Adraba, the tzaddik, is is kind of cloaked in beauty and and splendor, and there's something which is everlasting about such a thing that it makes you feel like you're part of it, not that you're looking at somebody outside of your world, but you're seeing somebody who's very much a part of your world. You feel like you're being nichlal within that experience, and it's one of the things that you know we'll talk about uh, you know next week, and we're looking at later aspects of Yisod. Is one of the problems. Uh, that w- which Rav Hudner highlights in a very famous letter in the Pachet Yitzchak, um, where we create you know biographies of our of our Torah giants, which don't make them feel like they're a part of our world. We feel like we're relating to somebody from some other planet, and it makes it the opposite of what y- of a true yesod is meant to be. Whereas someone who is acting as a tzaddik brings light to everyone around them and is megala that or to the rabbim and integrates. Even people who are distant, as Rav Kook writes also, that the power of a tzaddik is to draw in even apikorsim, even kofrim, immediately become drawn into the love of a kadosh baruch Hu by means of that light. What often happens is that if we portray a tzaddik as someone who's otherworldly, we don't allow them to be the yesod, to be that channel of integrity of Hashem's or into the world. And we end up distancing. And there's something that's almost ugly I, I don't want to, you know, say say the name of, of this of a story that I read of, of a from a biography, Hamavin Yavin. But there's a story that's brought down in, in one of these biographies that I, I was someone sent me a week or two ago. We were saying the story how, uh, you know, the Rebetzin never asked the husband to to do anything in the house whatsoever. Kulo Torah, right? Learning Yomam Valaila without cessation. Beautiful thing. Wonderful. Great. So one time she was very sick. I think she had strep throat or something like that. Couldn't get out of bed. She asked her husband to go and make a cup of tea, right? So he picks up his, you know, his safer and he goes to the kitchen and he's boiling his tea over there. And, you know, within seconds, as soon as he puts the pot on the fire, boom, he's back into the sugya. Minutes go by, the hours go by, hot water is boiling over the whole kitchen, right? Maybe it wasn't even boiling it. I think it was like filling up the kettle, like in the sink. And it just starts pouring over the sink and the whole house is flooding. And after like an hour, the Rebetzin comes in, you know, man, what's going on? And she realized, wow, what a tzaddik he is, that he was so involved that he couldn't, you know, even pay attention to the to the kettle of the fire. And she realized that never again should she ever ask her husband for anything that's not what you, what he's here to do. Mamish story. I'll send you. I'll send you the thing. I'll I'll blur out the names. In other words, I don't know who's inspired by a story like that. <laughs> I really don't. To me, that is such a a story of hopelessness, of the opposite of what a tzaddik should be. Where's the priority for taking care of his Aisha's chayel? She's asking him, she's sick in bed, she's asking him to make a cup of tea, and this is supposed to tell me that, that I can relate to this person? This is something that I can strive for realistically? Who reads such a story and thinks, ah, one day I can disrespect my wife the way that this God disrespected his? It's, it's, I mean, we're laughing about it, but I really think it's a tragic misunderstanding of what a tzaddik is meant to be. A tzaddik brings beauty to the world. A tzaddik is ketamar yifrach. He's sprouting. He's glorious. He enlightens the world. He acts as a yesod to, to allow that or of the Misa, of Misa Bereshis, the or by which a tzaddik could see misofa olam ad sofo, and he allows other people to see as far as he can see, or at least to stand on his shoulders to get some of that perspective along with him. He doesn't shut them out 
by living in another universe. The tzaddik is integrated. The tzaddik is is tiferet lo la seav, tiferet lo min ha'adam. He's involved in the world. He's integrated in the world, and he, people find within the tzaddik an expressive channel to to access that aura of ma'aseh and they see that not as something which requires them to step into the darkness, but something which allows them to step into the light. So these are some thoughts for these two midot that we get to experience over this weekend. May we be zocha to find that light in the in the hidden tzaddikim around us, and ultimately to tap into that beauty within ourselves, and to find ourselves as being the tzaddik yisod olam, and find that as we exalt in our own righteousness, that amech kulo tzaddikim, that we are all have that capacity for righteousness within ourselves, we be zocha to experience the tiferet in abundance around us uh, throughout this Shabbos experience. So have a wonderful Shabbos, guys. What do we have here from Ohad? It was required for Yisrael to go through Mitzrayim, right? The Tsar, exit, beautiful. You're saying for the Gevura into the Tiferet. Beautiful, beautiful. And Tiferet is Matan Torah, right? As we saw the Gemara and Brachot, right? Beautiful. Excellent, right? It's, it's, it's visible by the nations. It's, bu- it's viewed as a beautiful thing. It's viewed as something which brings light and clarity to the world. In, uh, in the Navi's language, it's an or lagoyim, right? It, the the Kla Yisrael is meant to be a light for the nations, which is a phrase that's thrown around pretty often, but, um, you know, if kind of understood in this context, it makes a little more sense.